Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Whitley, and you're tuned in to another Wondering Whitley session. So today is Sunday service, and I'll be in front of y'all quickly because I have a rehearsal starting in the next, like, 40 minutes. But today is game day. I live in Texas. I'm from Dallas, Texas, so we have the Dallas Cowboys here. And Texas is huge for football. Like, even our public school dance programs all lead to all the high schools doing drill team for the football game. So football here is huge. And if you know about Dallas, then you heard about the Dallas Cowboys, you know, and it's crazy because I even met huge Dallas Cowboys fans when I lived in New York, which I thought was really surprising. But, you know, I can understand why they're not rooting for the Giants or anything, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but I wanted to call this episode game day, this Sunday service game day game day and what does that entail now the interesting thing is that as I talk specifically about Cowboys fans like if you've ever seen a Cowboys fans or come to Dallas and go to a Cowboys game you would think they are the team to like be a part of even if you've watched um what is this show? Making the team. I've been watching that since I was like in middle school. There's a show called Making a Team, and it's about making a team for the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. There will be women from other countries like Tokyo, Japan, just all over the world trying to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, just trying to be affiliated with the brand. But what I find interesting is that the Cowboys haven't been really in their prime since the mid-90s. Their last Super Bowl win was in 1996. They won a Super Bowl in 93, 94, and 96. And then before that, they won two Super Bowls in, I think, the year like 73, 72, and probably like 78. Now, you do the math. It's 2021. It's 2021 and people are living off the high from the 90s. That's at least 20 plus years. And I don't blame them. I'm like, you know, Dallas Cowboys have built a brand for themselves. I'm looking out my window right now and see three people out there with Dallas Cowboys jerseys on and painting on their face, getting ready to watch the game. And I love it. I love that people are still gung-ho. Like, you can find many, many memes of people talking about Cowboys fans because they have to have the utmost faith that this team, one day, one year, out of all the talent that they've had run through this organization, finally even make it to the Super Bowl, which hasn't happened in some years. And I think it's interesting. I want to bring this up because sometimes we show up like that in relationships like we become die hard fans living on the glory years of what the relationship was or in the hope of what it could be living off the potential and this really hit me today because you know if you've been listening to the past episodes I've been kind of on this wave of recognizing patterns and being intentional about what you, what you're doing and how you're showing up in relationships and what your patterns are in those relationships and how can we identify them and then change them. Well, one of the things that football players do 
is that on their off days, like the day after the game or all week through practice, they study film. And they study film of their own game of how they play, but they also study film of the game they play maybe the Sunday before if it's professional football like the NFL. And they study film of the team that they're about to play. And sometimes they study the film of if they played that team before or they study the film of the best team that team may have opposed, went against, and they're about to play. So what they do when they study film is the coach, coaches put this film on TV. They have to share their film of the last game they had. And, you know, in football, they're broken up into different divisions in coach. Like, yes, there's a head coach and the head coach is over all of the team. But then you see there's a team of coaches because you have like a defensive coach. You have an offensive coach. And then within those two structures there are like defensive backs and there's you know what the quarterback goes to so there are even smaller groups that they can break up to in practice to study that specific role of the game and so when they're watching film the head coach may go over general things the big picture and then the offensive coach may go over with the offense very specific things that the offense needs to watch out for but also the defense needs to look out for then the defense the defensive coach gets up there and talk about what's going on in defense and how they can strengthen their strategy, how things need to be different, how this particular player on this team plays and what they need to look out for. And then you have like those mini miniature details about a specific player, like the quarterback on this team always likes to call this play during this time when they're in this predicament. So this is something we, we can expect, but you know, there's been these one or two cases when we studied this film that he does this in these type of situations. So we also need to prepare for that. And then this helps the team that's watching the film prepare to be able to really play that team at maximum strategy. So as I'm talking about this, I'm like, you know, what film is the Cowboys studying after all of these years? Like, you know, are they getting the wrong DVD? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Because <laughs> some, some, some not going right in the strategy. But I break this down in detail because I want to invite you because I'm, I'm starting to do this for myself is studying my own life, my own mistakes and my own habits in the same way a professional athlete will study film. They're studying to see, okay, where are my errors? Where are my mistakes? But also, where are our strengths? Where do we really dominate? What do we need to expound upon? And when we come against this team, because we've seen them before, what are we missing? What what is there a particular player we're not covering correctly, or we're underestimating, or we're overestimating? Are we not giving a player enough coverage? Are we giving them too much coverage and taking them off a player that we may have underestimated? Like all of these questions need to be asked and can be asked when you're actually watching game film. But imagine if you put your life on that same screen and say, okay, in this relationship, what happened here? 
Like, yes, I can name all the things that he did, but how was I showing up? What were my behaviors? What were my thoughts? What were my patterns? What were the things I ignored? What were the things that I said to myself, but I really didn't follow through on? What are the things that, you know, that were green flags that I stopped myself and maybe moving forward, I want to challenge myself to like move past those fear. What are the yellow flags that I didn't really pause that or that I did pause that, that I could celebrate? What are the red flags that I turned white that I tried to act like didn't exist or I tried to give other opportunities or that I put my jersey on because I wanted to be happy and I wanted to be a fan and live off potential or what are the red flags that I did I stopped and I saw and I backed up and how can I celebrate that and maximize on my awareness of those things and I want to say imagine how crisp our game would get if we stopped in just took inventory of our life, just like athletes study film. And not just when we get out of intimate relationships, but even friendships, or even if a situation happens at your job, because sometimes we may, you know, have a disagreement with somebody somewhere that we still have to work with every single day. And maybe we thought in the moment we were right, how we handled it, or we were justified, or we didn't want to hear this person out. And then, You back up and you're like, well, maybe I didn't hear them all the way. Maybe I didn't get an opportunity to explain. Maybe I saw this from a limited perspective. Well, you can only do that if after the drama of the whole thing, you stop and say, okay, I'm willing to see this different because I still have to work with this person. We still have a project that we need to get to our CEO, our principal, whatever. There's still stuff that we have to do and at least be able to be cordial. And I don't want this type of energy to manifest. So what is it that I need to see that I didn't see? Well, you got to study the film. You got to recount that problem. If you have somebody who's trusted, who saw it from saw the situation from an objective standpoint, even asking them, hey, is there something I missed that I didn't see? I'll never forget, I was subbing at this school that my homegirl, she taught at full time. And at first, I just was, I wasn't even subbing there. We just started this dance program after school because I was helping her uh, with her knee injury. So I was basically like driving at the time. I didn't have a job because I had just came back from New York. And well, I did have a job. I worked at uh, the university I work at now, but that was pretty part time. So it was in the evening. So during the day I was driving her to work, I would pretty much stick around, stay around. And then I eventually started subbing there. And I remember close to when I stopped subbing there, I was subbing, I was long term subbing a history class. And they never really came in and told me that these kids have a test. I didn't know how that stuff worked. You know, I didn't know what an ACP was. I didn't know what a benchmark, like I didn't know what any of that stuff was. And the kids ended up being tested. And this was a test that was going to end up going on their report card. And I felt bad because the kids was coming to me like, Miss Green, we haven't been doing any of that stuff in here. And I was like, I know y'all are still getting the test. And they was like, yeah. And they said, it's going to go on our report card. So I approached the admin about it like, you know, well, you know, the kids were coming to me about the test. Is that going to go on that report card? And two of the admin was like, uh, yeah, like, like I was supposed to know that or something. And I didn't like the way they did that. So I popped off like, well, you know, I think it's unfair to the kids. Like, I think they would need a, you know, 
They had a sub the whole year. Nobody came in there and trained me on this. We didn't have any books or anything like that. Like, how how y'all going to give them a test and y'all didn't give them a fair chance? Well, you know, you never ask. And I'm looking like, how am I supposed to know to ask this type of stuff? Like, I'm not a full-time teacher. I've never been went through any of these trainers to know. And it turned into that kind of thing. And they, I guess they already knew that they were going to give all the kids at least a 70 or 80, but they wasn't saying that. They were just kind of acting dismissive to my question. So that made me turn up even more. I'm not, I wasn't as refined then as I am now. So I started getting a little bit louder and I was like, look, I'll go above y'all if y'all fail these students. And like the principal, he was a man and he didn't like that. <laughs> He didn't like the way I came about him. So he basically asked me not to come back after the Christmas break to that school. And I was like, you know, okay, cool. But I say all that to say, I talked to my homegirl about it later. And she said, you know, you were justified in what you were saying because, yes, they sh- if they were going to test them and put this on their grade, that's something they should have been talking to you about. You've been in that classroom for months at this point. You know, you were definitely right in your in your intent but she said do you think that your approach was justified and I'm glad she asked me that question she was real with me and I said no you know because one if I'm a man and some woman coming at me like that you know there's there's the ego thing and two even even if it wasn't a man on a woman type thing I think just the way I approached it in my energy, in my tone, and then hitting that I'll go above you without getting all the context or asking any more questions like I was so attached to being right. I think that just blew the whole thing up. And I believe everything is meant to happen, but I did learn a lesson for myself that even when I'm justified, everything doesn't have to be done the way that I see it or initially feel it. Like sometimes it's, it's the intent might be right. What I want to say might be right. And I may be coming from the right in a justified place, but tact, tone, and timing will always be important because if somebody can't receive my message, in the way that I intended, if they can't hear it because my tone is wrong, if they can't receive it because the time and I chose to confront it is way off, like we were in the middle of a PD, you know, and we had took a quick break. So there were other teachers around. The timing is wrong. And then the tact, you know, tact, tone and time, how I do it, how, you know, succinct am I, all of that, I didn't really take into consideration then, and that taught me a really valuable lesson. Now, in the long run, it was good that they didn't invite me back because it took me on the path to going to go get more dance sub positions because I started getting real attached to that position, but neither here nor there, I felt bad the way I, sh- I showed up in that moment. Now, I say that to say that was me studying the film, not to go into details of that situation, but that was me studying the film. I I'm I've always been concerned, not so much of how people see me, but. 
if something tugs on my heart that says you could have handled that better, I'm always I'm always open to questioning it because I know that I'm never 100 percent correct. And I've been in situations where even if even if it was whether it was with my mom, a friend or anything, if they approached me wrong, even if what they said was right. And I know I've been on the receiving end of I can't receive that because they talking to me like they want my hand in their nose. I can't I can't deal with that. So I can imagine, you know, anybody else. So I always want to be mindful of that. It's we always hear this saying it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I will add it's when you say it as well. So. That was me studying the film of myself. What were my strong points and my weak points in confronting conflict when I really felt like I had something to say or when something was justified? Because those situations have happened many more times before where I've had to be, you know, very direct and address something very directly. And it's interesting because I had the same thing come up I worked with, well, I still work with some colleagues. And when all of the things were happening with George Floyd and the racial stuff, I work at a university and I'm the only black person on staff, on faculty. And so some decisions were made, but nobody talked to the black faculty. It was just like, we're going to write this, we're going to say this to go to the black students and I wasn't included. And so I went to the same homegirl because we had these type of conversations. I know she's good at when I ask her a question concerning accountability, I can trust that she'll be real with me. And so I was talking to this about her. And the first time I talked to her about it, I was heated. Like I was saying everything that I wanted to say to them and everything that I felt. And I'm glad I got it out and I talked it out because the next day, by the time we had the meeting and I approached it, I approached it totally different. Because I said, if I go with this accusatory energy, if I go with this, y'all did this on purpose, intently, you intently left me out. If I went to it like that, I know that my message wouldn't have been received. Not because they didn't want to receive it, but they would have been too busy either feeling guilty trying to protect their own character and intent to be open to what I had to say. And I think the way that I ended up approaching it, everybody appreciated. And to this day, months after that, they would still bring up that moment. Like, I'm glad you said such and such, Whitley. But had I approached it the way that I was talking to my homegirl about it the day before, oh, I feel like I would have definitely severed relationships they wouldn't have been able to trust that I could handle my emotions or approach them when I didn't like something in a correct way. But instead, I studied the film of myself. I pulled from past mistakes when I did feel justified, when I real was real, real emotional. And I said, I don't want to approach this like this. And so, again, you can apply this studying the game film to your relationships at work, to your personal relationships, to your intimate relationships, to how you approach 
a certain task in your life that the best studying you can do is to gain film of your own habits, your own mistakes, and your own life overall. If you're not getting the results consistently, and I talk about this all the time in multiple episodes, if your results are not a reflection of what you really want, of what you're really content with, or what you're really happy with, You have to study the film on what is not allowing you to get the results that you want. If your money always funny, you got to study the film. What am I spending my money on? What am I missing? What am I not doing? What do I need to do more of? What am I not giving? What am I not getting? If If you're always getting the same results with men, You got to stop and study the game film. What am I missing? What am I doing? What is my patterns? How am I reproaching this? What are some of the things that I keep doing that maybe I need to pull back on? Or what are the things that I pull back on that maybe I need to give into more? What are the things that I'm not seeing? What are the red flags that I consistently miss or consistently make excuses on? What are the green flags that I pull myself back from that my trauma has allowed me you know, made me resistant to the good that's coming in. It's looking at all things. It's not just looking at the things that are bad and continuing to overanalyze those things, but it's also looking at how am I keeping myself from good? What are the things that are blocking me from allowing love to free flow in my life or allowing me to trust people who have proven themselves or allowing myself to be vulnerable when it's that time to do so and that space has been created for me. You can only really answer those questions when you stop and study the game film because when game day comes, when that opportunity comes, when that conflict arises and it's your prime opportunity to have the conversation, when it's time to put your foot down and stand up for yourself, when it's time to negotiate higher pay, when it's time to sever the ties of that relationship or to ask a bold question or to make a bold move, you don't got time to study the film then. You don't have time to read the books or listen to the podcast or, or phone a friend or you know, pull on another lifeline, you have to have studied the film and prepared to be able to maximize and play your strategy when that time comes. There are conversations at this point that I said, if this happens in this relationship, I'm willing to do X, Y, Z. And I always ask myself like, Willie, why are you playing this out? What if this never happens? And I said, well, if it does, I just want to have ingrained in myself This is what I have to be willing to do because what I'm very aware of from from studying the game film of my life is that when my feelings get involved, it's harder to make logical decisions, but sometimes logical decisions are need, need to be made when it's dealing with the heart in certain situations. Like I can't make decisions with my heart, you know, if it deals with, okay, I'm not getting what I need, but I love this person so much. I'm so into it. And that's what keeps women stuck because they haven't made a strategy before the game plan happens. Before you get into this situation, what will I do if X, Y, Z happens? And it's not necessarily always planning for the worst. You want to plan for the best too, but we know that life happens. 
And to me, I don't under, I don't overestimate and I don't underestimate my abilities. I don't overestimate my strength to be able to walk away. I don't overestimate my discernment. I don't overestimate my ability to stand up for myself and I don't underestimate it either. I give myself kudos for growing and changing and being able to feel like I can stand up for myself. I give myself credit for not being naive as I used to be. I give myself credit for being willing to have conversations. I know that I used to choose to be silent on or I just would have stayed scared. But I like to stay on that middle ground because I also know that it's different when we're in it. That's why when we can, when we're talking to a friend or talking to a colleague or talking to a stranger, it's easy to, to help them and see the error of their ways because we're on the outside of it and we're not emotionally attached. So it's easier to be objective or to give them advice or to see the problem and help them with moving on than it is than when we're in it to see as clearly or even when we see what's going on it's a little bit more difficult to make those clear-cut decisions and that's why athletes study film because when you're in the game the game is moving so fastly the, the game is moving so fast you don't have time to be sitting there thinking about what you watched on the video it has to be assimilated not only in your mind but in your body that's why they watch film the day after the game and then all through the week they're practicing up until game day so say with high school football in texas high school football is on fridays well it's pretty much all over so if you see football on a friday Likely you'll see high school if this going to be broadcast for like their championships. Saturdays is college football and then Sundays is professional football, NFL. So if varsity football had a game on Friday, say that they're going to playoffs, they're going to probably end up having practice on Saturday or at least studying film or if their coach waits until Monday on Monday, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to study film throughout the day. And then after school, they're going to go into practice and recreate those plays that they watched on video and talk about those things that they talked about on film. And so if we're doing the same thing in our life. It's like we're going to take that situation, take that conversation, take that habit, take that choice and put it up on the screen. And we're going to say, okay, I'm just going to watch it. Try to watch objectively. If you need to bring in a friend to watch it with you or if they saw it happen or if you've talked to them about it, you know, talk through what you think and then ask for their objective opinion. You don't have to initially ask for advice, but say, hey, what do you think about what I'm saying? What are your initial thoughts? If you were in my shoes, what would you do? Or what would you think about this based on what I've told you or based what you know about me, based on what you know about the goals that I want to reach? Sometimes we can't be afraid to do that. And it doesn't mean that we have to take the person advice of what they said, but we can say, OK, well, this person knows me. They love me. They know the goals I'm trying to reach. They see me if they've seen me multiple times in this predicament or heard me talk about this before or they were there. They can probably give an objective because they're not tied to any results that you get.
Now, unless you got a jealous friend and if it's about a man, you know, you got to be able to discern that or or unless you got a colleague who don't really want to see you win, you know, you got to discern those people. But likely, hopefully you got people in your life that they can help you go through this film if you can't do it on your own. But I would practice even in small ways. You could take small things. Okay, the way I spent my money this weekend. You can do that on your own. Start with something small. Was that wise? Though I wanted them right now, though I had the money then, was that wise considering knowing when I get paid, knowing the other things that I got to pay for in between, was it the right thing to do for me in this situation? That's a smaller way to study the film where you can start to trust your own voice about what you see. But at the same time, again, nothing's wrong with bringing other people in because just like with athletes, pro athletes, they have coaches for a reason because the coach is not in the game. So the coach can see things sometimes the player cannot see. The coach has a broader perspective and even though even when they're both looking at the film, the player is going to see it one way because the player is thinking about how they would make the moves while they're in the game. Whereas the coach, they're in the game, but they're in the game in a different way. So their attachment to the game is a little bit different than the athletes, even though they're going towards the same goal, their, their positioning and it's going to be a little bit different. So, you know, they can approach it differently they may approach the same intent differently which may render different results so that's my sunday service for today is it's game time it's game time every time you wake up every time you've been blessed with a new day every time you are about to approach a new task or maybe even an old task every time you enter that relationship every time you have a new thought that you want to exit your comfort zone and do something different it's game time it's always game time but since it's always game time once you understand that then it's always time to be prepared by studying the film you got to be relentless about studying the game film of your life. You have to make a habit out of studying the film of your mistakes, your weaknesses, strengthening your insecurities, looking at the way that you attach to people, looking at the things that you let slide, looking at the ways that you don't take up for yourself or you do take up for yourself, looking at how you approach conflict or how you avoid it, looking at all of those things. But you have to be willing to face it. You have to be willing to watch it. You have to be willing to look at it dead in the face and say, okay, the results I'm getting here, I want another, I want a different outcome. I don't want to be like the Cowboys fans who still living off the high of the 70s and the 90s. I want to live in the now. I want my victory to be manifested in the now. I want what I see to be in alignment with what I want in the now, in today. I don't want to wish and hope and wait on potential to be birthed. I want to see it now. And so what do I have to do differently? What do I need to get in alignment with so that I can see and be in alignment with what I want now? 
and that is possible. So I love y'all so much. If you want to reach out to me, my blog is on WhitleyNGreen.com. My contact information is also there. Arts Feminine on Twitter, The Feminine Arts Academy on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Wondering Whitley on Instagram and YouTube. And then Whit Whit Hooray is my personal page on Instagram. I love y'all so very much. Study that game film. Study your life. Study yourself. Study your habits. And remember, get in alignment and receive your assignment. Talk to you soon.